Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Hmm. Today, within the Librocube is, of course, ha, Internet Day in which we discuss things from the interwebs. Things such as, um, not cats. I avoid all the cat-related internet things, to be honest with you, as I do not so much care for the cats. <laughs> Can you believe he just said that? I do not give out spoiler warnings on Fry Internet Days, although... I also say on Fry Internet Days that I do not give out spoilers, which is sort of a spoiler warning. Huh. Interesting. A little Catch-22 action there for yous. Something I do say on Fry Internet Days, though, is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass a podcast on to the friend. Oh, I tried to do that very, very quickly. Perhaps... You rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes. That would be very, very kind of you, and I would love you forever. Uh, unless you, like, murdered someone, then my love would probably fade. Hmm. Sadness. Teardrop, even. Oh, another thing that I like to say, or try to remember to say on Fridays, just so I say it once a week, is that the podcast, meaning this one, has a Android app. So, if you have an Android device, what you can do is download it for free, no less. And it uh, will store, organize, keep your podcast listenings easy to do on your device. Lovely. If you, like me, are on a iDevice, then the people who host the site, Podbean, have created a, a pretty good mobile version, so it's, it's almost app-like in its functionality. You could just add that to your home screen. Huh. Bada-boom. Bada-bling. Yeah, that's right. Bada-bling. Last piece of podcast non-internet day related business is, of course, today's sponsor, which is Professor Poop's Pediatric Proctologist. Once again, today's sponsor is Professor Poop's Pediatric Proctologist. We put the fun in antifungal anus cream. Okay, item the first that I have brought back is not one, not three, but two. Big Thinks. Big fan of the Big Thinks here in the Libercube. I haven't brought them back in a while, though, because none of them have sort of tickled my fancy. However... Mr. Neil deGrasse Tyson made an appearance, as he does from time to time, in this, what I will just call the web series, because that's what I call everything, because it's easier to try to, it's easier than to try to define everything with its accurate name, so just call everything a web series is what I do. <sighs> uh, he spoke of kids and science, and how to get kids involved in science. Uh, he points out, and I... I don't know if he has evidence to back this up, 
although what he said, everything he said was very, very logical, uh, that the best way to get kids involved in science is to get the fuck out of their way. He did not say, get the fuck out of their way. Although, if he had of, I would have laughed quite hard. Basically, the sort of uh, curiosity and intuitiveness of kids is sort of at their prime as they are kids and sort of fades as we age. So, if we just sort of let them experiment, uh, that has the potential, Neil deGrasse Tyson says, to get them interested in science without our pushing them into it, which could have the sort of adverse effect of uh, them not wanting to be involved if, if we sort of structure and force them into it. Uh-huh. Makes sense. And I liked it. Because I think and wish and hope and uh, not pray. <laughs> no, no, no. Not pray. Uh, that we had more scientists than we did uh, actors. We had more scientists than we did goddamn priests, that's for sure. More scientists than many professions. I wish more people went into the sciences because it would, I believe, make for a better world. Huh. Period. Full stop. Okay, uh, the other big thing I brought back, because uh, I didn't want to bring back just one, I thought two is a nice number, perhaps not round, more of a line, was uh, called the uh, A Day in the Life of Your Gut. And I don't mean the sort of gut that gives me my intuition to catch uh, crooks. No, not that one. Not my gut feelings. But uh, rather, I think specifically in this little, little talk, your lower intestine. No, no, sorry, your large intestine. Lower. <laughs> Well, I think it is lower than the smaller intestine, isn't it? Than the small intestine. I don't know why I'm putting putting ER on the end. It's not smaller and larger intestine. It's small and large. Uh, it's not taller and lower. It's not higher and lower. Uh, Jesus, I really went off track on this one. Ah, uh, shoot. I didn't write down the woman's name giving this talk, but she seemed to uh, be into it. She had some fun, made, cracked a few jokes. Um, her, her focus, really, of the talk was to talk about the bacteria that lives in your in your gut, in your large intestine, and sort of what it does. And, uh, <laughs> funny, really, the only sort of takeaway I have from this that I wrote down... Oh, no, okay, I have two. Uh, that when you eat food, it is usually usually has made its way to your large intestine in about five hours, okay? So that's just kind of an interesting little little tidbit. The other interesting thing I thought was that when you fart, uh-huh, yes, it went there. When you fart, the gases released are actually the gases uh, created by these bacteria that are, I guess, digesting, using the food you eat, and then turning it into uh, methane or whatever it is they turn it into. Cool beans. Ah, cool beans. And beans, beans, as we know, are the musical fruit. <laughs> oh, God. Are the musical fruit. The more you eat, the more the bacteria will eat and then toot. Uh-huh. Item the second. Ah, this was good. Um, I brought this back... 
was it last week or the week before, fairly recently, it is called Speakeasy with Paul F. Tompkins, available on YouTube, uh, so was Big Think, if you did not know. Uh, a new addition to my lineup that I uh, check out every week. Paul F. Tompkins is big, is huge in the sort of podcasting world, and has since created... Again, why don't I just friggin' call it a web series? I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it's not. I'm going to say it is. It is a collection of videos he has put up on YouTube and of him interviewing people in a comedic nature. Can I call that a web series? I can do whatever I want to do. The guest this time was Mr. Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of. I can't remember seeing him in a movie where I didn't uh, didn't like him. So, hey, there you go. Uh, what I did not know about him is that apparently he is like a super-duper actor man. <laughs> and by that I mean sort of classically trained uh, theater actor, Shakespeare, the whole lot there. And not just some sort of um, Joe Blow, I want to be an actor, now I am kind of scenario. So, pretty cool. Uh, seemed to, like, very much care about his craft and acting as an art as opposed to just uh, a job. Which, uh, I think, comes across in his work. Maybe that's why I like what I see him in. Uh, was it Thank You for Smoking? Wasn't he in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, very good in that. <laughs> if I am remembering, he is in that. Oh, it's not a ringing endorsement there. Yeah, yeah, that was a very good movie. Uh, some of the few little tidbits he spoke of was that when he was a sort of young actor, just sort of, I guess, post-theater work, trying to break into the midness, he saw and then chatted with Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford uh, and him were, I guess, at a restaurant, Harrison was just in picking up some food, and uh, Mr. Eckhart sort of locked eyes with him, as he describes it, and then went over and asked him for some some advice on acting and, and the craft and getting into the business. Uh, that's a cool story right there, but what I thought was even cooler about this is that, uh, from the sounds of it, Harrison Ford didn't sort of just blow him off. He took him and had like a 10-15 minute chat with him. So, cool to, to hear that people are still nice sometimes, because you know what it, You know what? Huh? You know what I can say? Yeah. It's nice to be nice to the nice, huh? Yes. Uh, Aaron Eckhart spoke a little bit about how some of the toughing... The toughing? <laughs> I'm making up words today. Uh, some of the toughest uh, acting gigs involve anything involving... A green screen, which uh, that makes sense because when you are acting with either no background or acting with actors that are not there, uh, or uh, this, this sort of famous acting towards a tennis ball, because quite often in these green screen moments you will be looking at a tennis ball and pretending it is something else. Just I, I guess they do that so the so the actor's eyes are pointed where they should be and the whatever is added afterwards. Uh, and that makes sense. Because, well, <laughs> it's hard to immerse yourself in a role if immersing yourself is being in a giant green room. 
Now, if the movie is about being stuck in a giant green room, then, you know, you're you're good to go. But that movie, I don't think, exists. Hmm. Spoke, uh, he spoke a little bit about Heath Ledger, because I guess they worked together on Batman, and how he was sort of the most uh, immersed actor he had ever seen. Like, even when they weren't filming, he was sort of in character, and just sort of totally about his craft. So they uh, apparently got along very well with that sort of shared love of acting. I like that thought. Uh, lastly, <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins apparently is a meme fan. Uh, some of his other episodes, he, I believe, has got his guests to do meme faces. And by that, I mean he would show the face of a meme and then have the actor try to imitate it. In this instance... He had uh, Aaron Eckhart create his own ones, so uh, in this in the sort of vibe of planking and owling and all those other ings, he created some of his own. For example, there was presidenting. <laughs> that was good because he kind of looks like he could be the president, Aaron Eckhart. That sort of square jawed. He's got that little uh, bum chin. <laughs> what do you call that thing where you got the little cleft? <laughs> let's let's just call it a bum chin, though, because that's funny to have the word bum and chin together. Together at last. That is probably, folks, the name of this episode. I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe something else will come up, but right now I'm thinking bum chin. Uh, there was one called Eckharting. He just made a very, very ridiculous face here. He's got a pretty rubbery face, actually, now that I think about it. And then there was two-facing. As you probably are aware, he played Two-Face in the Batman movies. Two-Facing involved taking a picture, one with a normal face, one with a screwed-up face, and then uh, melding them together. I think Paul F. Tompkins, from the look of it, had like an app on his um, phone that could do this. So, cool beans. Thus ended the interview, thus continued my love of this, again web series, whatever it's called. Jesus, leave me alone. Okay, let's try to get in one more, at least, before it gets to work. Uh, TED Talks. Yes, TED Talks. TED Talks they make a regular appearance on this podcast because they are fun and educational. I, holy fuck, I think pretty sure that it is snowing. <laughs> what the fuck? It is May. It is May 20-something. I don't even know what May it is. It's almost June. It's... The, the thermometer in my car says 3 degrees, but I guess maybe with the wind up in the atmosphere, it is causing snow. What the fuck? I'm in a short sleeve shirt, too. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, that has been Jordan's weather report, which I never talk about, but when it is almost June, and I think it is snowing out, that deserves a little what-the-fuck. Okay, uh, TED Talk the first was called uh, Invisible Man. Oh yeah, I've seen this guy before. <laughs> before. I've seen this guy before. Again, making up words today. Uh, before. Before. the six. Hey, you name it. It's a guy... Uh, I can't remember if he is... I think he's Chinese. No, no, Japanese. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's Japanese, and he will sort of stand in front of objects, walls, what have you, and then paint himself to look uh, exactly like the objects behind him. So, basically, you can't see him. You can kind of see him, but he does a very, very good job of this um, art, I guess you could call it. Uh, I recommend the TED Talk, just so you can see. They'll, they'll show quite a number of examples of his uh, craft, let's call it, and they are they are pretty impressive. So, check that out, why don't you? Uh, TED Talk number 2 was called Hack a Banana, Make a Keyboard. Hmm. <laughs> this one was cool. Uh, a guy who I guess had invented or used existing items to create sort of the ability to turn everyday objects into, I guess you could say turn them into circuits. So in the case of the banana, you would plug in these uh, almost look like electrodes into the banana, and then every time you touched the banana, it would do something. It would uh, would would complete the circuit. So you could set the circuit to do various things. Uh, for example, some of the uh, circuits that could go, could be completed were just done with pencil. I guess because if it's a lead pencil, that can be used to complete the circuit. So uh, I think the coolest one was they drew on a piece of paper a Nintendo original Nintendo uh, controller and then used that drawing of a controller to control Super Mario on a Nintendo. So pretty, pretty cool shit like that. A lot of it was music based. So this one guy had sort of a banana, an apple, friggin' kumquat, kumquat, <laughs> I don't think he had a kumquat, but uh, kumquat is obviously, without saying, the funniest of all fruits, kumquat. Ooh, that's got some title potential, potential there, too. So he took up all these fruits, and then every fruit he touched would uh, produce, like, a different note or series of notes. Uh, and he was sort of like a fruit DJ. So this company, I believe it was a Kickstarter company, uh, wanted to get these things, this ability, this kit that could do these things into people's hands, uh, and then just sort of see what happens. So I like that thought. Um, not having you yourself, the creator of product, come up with the ideas of the product, but let people do it themselves and then send it into you and see what people come up with. Because people, my friends, folks, even, will surprise you. Folks are surprising. I'm at work. I'm going to do eight hours of work and then come back here and talk with you, my little kumquats. <laughs> uh, boy. I will say, of course, love you, dearies. Love you, dearies. Love you, dearies. Love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Panama. <laughs> 
that's enough of that. Uh, I should say, hello again, as I usually do when I come back from working. So there, I have done that now. So goodbye. No, no, no. I have much, much, some things more to talk about on this lovely internet day drive home. Lovely looking, sunny, nice looking out. It is 10 degrees. For you of those who may be listening in countries that still use the Fahrenheit system, that is something else. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, Let's move back in to Front Internet Day with a podcast. Yes. Uh, I'm excited about this one because it is a new addition to my podcast listening lineup. Uh, It is fairly new podcast in general to all those who are listening. It is, of course, well, not of course, I don't know why I said that. It is, of course, oh, shit, I said it again. Anyways, it is Norm McDonald Live. Huh? Are you familiar with the Norm McDonald? He is. I knew he was funny, but uh, I didn't know he was this funny. Very funny. He within this podcast, has really demonstrated his ability for the long comedic pause very, very well, which is a ballsy maneuver because in an audio-only format, although I think they do uh, video-ize it as well, video-capture-it, video-record-it, whatever. Uh, But still, he's very, very good at that talent. And it is a talent, and I am impressed by it. I, over the course of yesterday and today at work, listened to four episodes. Hmm. How about them apples? He is joined by host, uh, co-host Adam Eget. Oh shit, did I write that down right? Yeah, Adam Eget, who is the, I don't know, shit, I don't remember if he's the owner or just the manager. I think owner. Owner and manager? Eh, something. At the comedy store? Oh shit, I didn't write down that. I didn't write that down either. At a comedy club, which may or may not be called the Comedy Store, which I've heard of a handful of times, because if you listen to enough podcasts with comedians, you sort of get to know some of the names of the comedy venues that they play at. He, the co-host, he's taken a bit of a beating, I think, from... uh, uh, people commenting on the episode saying that he's uh, a jerk. Not a jerk, but not good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let's just boil it down to that. Saying he is not good and should not talk. Uh, I I disagree. He uh, he had some funny moments. You could tell he's sort of, he's never done anything like this, so he's sort of working it out. Hey, I've been there. In fact, I think I still am there. So uh, definitely give him props for uh, working it out and over the course of these four episodes, getting better and better, so let's give him a chance, people. Come on. Seems like a nice dude. Norm Norm McDonald, hilarious from second one of this. Sort of a... Let's run down, why don't I, some of the guests. In fact, all of the guests he has had in these four episodes. Uh, Started off with episode one, Super Dave Osborne, who you may know, who you may know or remember from his show, the Super Dave Osborne show, back in the day, let's just say, because I don't remember when it was on. When I was a kid, it was on. 
you may also know him as his actual self, Mr. Bob Einstein. He uh, has a recurring role on Curb Your Enthusiasm as uh, Marty Funkhauser, and he is just freaking hilarious on that show, and luckily for us, on this podcast. Uh, I think Norm McDonald made a very, very good choice with uh, choosing him for the first guest, because it's uh, the two of them together just sort of uh, riffing on one and one another was just a little little slice of comedy heaven. Loved every goddamn second of it. On episode two, he had guest Tom Green. Hmm. Tom Green, haven't seen too much of him in a little bit, was huge here in Canada when he had his own show. Uh, apparently has gone back to sort of his comedic roots uh, and is doing stand-up all over the place now. Uh, curious how he's coming along there because... Uh, some of the shit he was up to back in his talk show days, I don't know how well it would fly um, sort of doing it on stage as a comedy act. I think he's got a little more into the sort of, not joke-telling per se, but a little less craziness and a little more structured, funny, funny jokes. It's kind of the vibe I got, which is good. He's uh, growing and developing as a human being and as a comedian, so... Some of the things I really liked about that episode was he is Canadian, and uh, I don't know if I knew this or not, but Norm MacDonald also Canadian. Huh. So uh, a lot of uh, Canadian-centric humor in this one, which, as you can imagine, I very much enjoyed. If you, too, are Canadian, you will, I imagine, enjoy that episode, so why don't you go listen to it? After, wait, maybe I should say, after listening to me talk here. Yeah, yeah. Do that first. Finish here, then go there, or go there, listen to that, then come back here. That's the sort of miracle of the internet age we live in. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. Next, he had on Fred Stoller, who you may know. He played uh, on Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, Ray Romano's, I think it was his cousin? Uh, he was very funny on that, if I do recall. It's been a few years since I watched that show, uh, and it is no longer on the air, obviously. So he he, he kind of gets bit parts, <laughs> and they sort of talked about that, how he'll get bit parts and a shit ton of things. Like, uh, if you Google Fred Stoller and get a look at his mug, you will recognize him. I can almost guarantee it just because of all the sort of things he's popped into. Here's and there's. And lastly, he had on the show Mr. Russell Brand. Russell Brand, who I think may be the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. And believe it or not, I mean that as a compliment. I believe that reincarnated as Jesus of this modern age. <laughs> a Jesus who um, is sort of anti-organized religion, anti-religion sort of craziness, but just believes in the sort of brotherhood of men and do unto others without all the crazy, crazy trappings of, well, religion. Yeah. Some of the highlights of this podcast are... <laughs> actually, the, the highlight of this podcast is they'll do a section in which they will tell jokes. <laughs> it's the way Norm MacDonald says it. Uh, just sort of dripping in irony is sort of, uh, let me see if I could try to emulate it, although I'm sure I will fail. 
it's uh, goes something along the lines of, all right, why don't we tell some jokes? It's the long pause after that does it for me. <laughs> I freaking loved it. Let's tell some jokes. Yeah, good, clean, fun. Although not clean, very, very dirty, in fact. They're not all uh, incredibly dirty, but most of them were. Anyways, let's just leave Norm MacDonald Live behind by saying I highly recommend it. Easy 5 out of 5, no questions asked. Uh, recommend you listen to it, and I will, I can guarantee it, uh, from time to time, bring back other episodes probably with a little more detail on the specifics of the episode that I bring back. Uh -huh. That's uh, always been, I don't know if philosophy is the right word, but my philosophy of the show, that uh, I start off kind of vague like that with Norm McDonald Live, talk about the show in sort of general terms, and then as I continue to watch it, get a little more into the specific episodes. It has worked so far, question mark. Uh, it's worked from my point of view. For, has it worked from your point of view? The listener. I do not know. I do not know. Moving on to in Vsauce. Ah, yes. Goddamn love me some Vsauce. I think not only do I love them, but I love bringing them back because they really get the old noggin working a little bit, I think. For example, this, uh, this one, this episode, episode maybe not the right term, this video that was just posted of this series of videos that Michael over at Vsauce Post was called, What If We Were Born in Space? Hmm. So he will take this crazy idea and then try to, as scientifically as possible, explain, um, explain, yeah, period, full stop. I don't know why I thought there would be more after that word, but there is not. Some of the uh, little tidbits that I wrote down from this talk are that, for example, since 2000... Oh, shit. I think it says 2001. My note either says 2001 or says 2004. I think it says 2001. Anyways, since the year 2001, there has constantly been a human being in space. Now, perhaps I should specify that it hasn't been the same human being that's been in space all this time, because he'd be a lonely bastard. No, it's been sort of uh, a series of different human beings, mostly, I guess, on the International Space Station, sort of a rotating bunch of human beings. I think there's a Canadian up there right now, if I do recall. I think so. One of the main problems that would uh, apparently arise with being born in space... Well, well, I guess problem number one is the fact that scientists are not sure if a man and a woman could even conceive a baby in space, because a lot of the things needed to do so uh, involve gravity. So, there you go. That's, that's sort of the main thing against people living in space, is gravity, obviously. The um, lack of it. Uh, the other thing is that even if that were to be possible, which may not be, uh, the development of the fluid within the inner ear uh, would be basically severely compromised 
So this this baby and then human would potentially be able to function if they remained in space their entire lives. However, if they were to enter a gravity field, such as Earth's, uh, they would have no balance, basically, whatsoever. Hmm, interesting. Uh, another thing he pointed out is that uh, even people who remain in space for shorter periods, like months, and not their whole lives, develop, <laughs> as he describes it, bird legs and puffy faces. Uh, I guess because it, it has more to do with blood than sort of not moving of your legs. So the blood sort of leaves your legs and ends up in your head because gravity on Earth would normally keep your blood down into your lower extremities and away from your face. So he showed some examples of this and it was pretty, the legs were more striking than the puffy faces, but you could definitely see some puffed up faces going there. You would have potentially less blood and lastly, your bone mass uh, would be much, much less, less dense. Uh, another little cool tidbit, just to wrap that up, is that uh, even sort of short durations, such as people who've been up there for months, experience uh, problems or, that arise because of this lack of gravity, including that if I went up there... No, no. If, if you went up into space and were six foot tall and then months later came back, you would potentially, and has happened, be taller, as tall as 6'2", in cases that have been sort of documented. Cool beans. Lastly, I should squeeze this one in. I think I have time, although I'm getting close to home. Is an episode of Tabletop. Lovely. With Mr. Will Wheaton. Once again, sitting down with a couple of buds, playing a little board game. The three dudes, in this case, because he'll have uh, rotating people who will play with him, were three guys who were internet famous in some manner. I did not know any of them per se, and did not write down any of their names, and uh, apologies for that. I will say, they were all bearded. <laughs> Just on, on that note, it's kind of funny to decide who went first. Uh, it was whoever had the best beard. The game they played was called King of Tokyo. It was uh, a little different. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, uh, how would you describe it? <sighs> Quickly, because I'm almost at home. A dice game with giant monsters and first person to 20 wins, and you have to take over Tokyo with your monster, and there's power-ups. And different dice rolls mean different things. Uh, he has played games that seemed more complicated than this one, but uh, some some would take a little bit to figure it out, I think, from the sounds of it. Okay, so <laughs> kind of ran out of time there a little bit on that one for Tabletop. However, it was a fun episode, and they always are. That being said, my favorite one was the one where they played the uh, Dragon Age role-playing game. That was the best one. So if you're going to watch just one, watch that one. If you're going to listen to just one podcast, listen to this one. <laughs> no, there's much better ones out there. <laughs> uh, folks, I'm at home, so I will say, as I always do, 
It is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper